The following is a sponsored program on WFNZ. Retirement is coming up fast. Will you have the income for the life you're dreaming of? Will you be traveling or flipping channels? Will you be helping the kids and grandkids or asking them for help? If you've worked, saved, and done without, but you still don't know if you'll make it, then welcome to Simply Financial, where you'll learn to invest like a pro so you can move forward with confidence. This is Simply Financial with Paul Durso, your first step to financial clarity. Now, here's Paul. 1025610 WFNZ, you're listening to Simply Financial with Paul Durso, where we're all about taking your first step to financial clarity. I'm your host, Paul, here with my co-host, Charlie. Hey. Where we're talking about today how, unlike so many of your generation, you've done all the right things in planning for retirement. You've saved diligently and invested wisely. But as the big day of retirement approaches, you probably find that you have a shrinking desire to take risk. You've become far more interested in preserving your capital than you were when you were growing your nest egg. After all, your hope in retirement well, you're hoping your retirement will last decades, and the older you get, the tougher it is to make up investment losses. How should you, a diligent saver, plan and invest your portfolio for sustained, sensible income? In a moment, we're, we'll be talking with Dr. Phil Romero, professor of finance at the University of Oregon and author of It's the Income Stupid to Learn How. But first, I'm going to tell you a little bit more about myself and how I became a financial advisor. I'm going to get a little personal with you, if I can, and let you in on, uh, on, on the secret on how I became an advisor. You know, not everybody knows this, but I went to school at Liberty University to become a youth pastor, and I majored in psychology, and, uh, and I really, really wanted to become a youth pastor. And uh, as my schooling came to an end, I got engaged, married my beautiful wife, Stephanie, of uh, 17 years now, and uh, we just celebrated our 17-year anniversary. And uh, But back then, 17 years ago, um, I... I didn't really have an opportunity to become a youth pastor. I had some, had a few opportunities to uh, find an internship, but it didn't pay really well. They don't. I, no, no. Yeah, internships don't pay really well, and I didn't think that was going to be the best move, and uh, wasn't going to enable me to provide for my beautiful bride. And my father-in-law uh, knew somebody at his church that uh, was a financial advisor. Said that he could find me an opportunity to get an interview and I'd have to do the rest to get hired. So it was a big wirehouse. And uh, at the time I took the job interview over the phone and wouldn't you know, I got hired. And if I were to be very transparent with you, I'd have to tell you the first five or so years in this business, I hated every minute of it. I'd sit around boardrooms, I'd talk to other financial advisors, and all they wanted to do was sell product. They, uh, they didn't care too much about people. At least it didn't come across that way. That is not why I went to school. Um, I wanted to serve people. I wanted to uh, come alongside people and encourage them, and it just wasn't happening until one day I had a conversation with a buddy of mine that I uh, went to school with at Liberty, and uh, we're six years into our careers. We had talked, but we had never really talked about our career path, and, um, and we found out in that phone call that we were jealous of each other. He was a pastor that I went to school to become. I'm a, I'm a financial guy. I'm a talking head, you know, and... Um, and we found out that we were jealous and come to find out he said something on that phone call that would forever change my career. He made this statement. 
you get to work with people just like I do, but you don't have the drama of the church. Now, if anybody out there is listening that is in the church, you know exactly what that statement means. Uh, Just because you don't have the name of a church on your paycheck doesn't mean you don't have a ministry. And I tell you what, I get to serve people every day just like you. I get to talk to people on a very deep level about things that matter so much. I don't work for a church, but I work for everybody that walks into our front door. That statement made the world to me. But you know what? You're not here to, to hear all about me. You're here to, so you can you can learn a little bit about our guests. Let me do an, an, an introduction to Dr. Phil. He's a professor of finance at the University of Oregon. He, uh, he teaches all kinds of courses on economics, business strategy, public policy. He's been all over. He's done a lot. When it comes to his career, he's been uh, a consultant economist to two governors in California. Uh, he's, he's been an, a corporate strategist. He's been a part of the CIA. He's been a part of the U.S. Army, Secretary of Defense. I tell you what, he has been everywhere. He's done it all, hasn't he? And today, he's going to be talking with us about his brand new book, soon to be New York Times bestseller. It's the Income Stupid, Seven Secrets to a Stress-Free Retirement. Phil, welcome to the show. Oh, thanks, Paul and Charlie, for having me. And uh, uh, since we're being personal, I'll tell you that uh, I... I really enjoy your story because, in my view, most financial advisors are either mercenaries or missionaries. And and those (laughs) like yourself who are interested in actually teaching and helping are the kinds I I like to work with. Well, that's great. You know, we we definitely share a common um, force or or a a driving mission that we can teach because you get to do that every day. So why why don't you tell me, big picture, what's your book about? Yeah, sure. uh, I um, I'm an economist by training, as you said, and I um, in the mid 2000s I began thinking about what came to be called the new normal and how I, in my opinion, the investing environment in the next couple of decades, when I'll be retired, uh, will be very different from the last few decades. And I wrote a book called Your Macroeconomic Edge about that. Um, a, a couple of financial advisors found it, liked it, uh, gave me comments on it, and one said specifically, "You now need to." Yeah, you wrote a book, Phil, that was mainly about the macro uh, environment and a little bit about investing. Now we need to write a book the other way around, a little bit about the macro environment and a lot about investing. And that's what this book, Income Stupid, is. As your intro said, um, this is is targeted at people who have the the minority, the people who have been diligent about saving, probably have largely invested in index mutual funds and have built up a decent-sized nest egg. But as retirement approaches, as you said in your intro, um, they're going to be have a much lower tolerance for risk because they won't be able to replace any losses with working income anymore. Um, there are several strategies possible for, for handling that, and the one we talk about is what we call the envelope strategy, which is essentially where you segment your overall nest egg into a couple of different pieces at different time horizons. And we can, I'm sure we'll talk about that more as we go on. So the envelope system, now you say segment. Are you talking about diversification? What do you mean by that? Yeah, well, yeah, good point. I mean segment just in the sense of breaking into pieces. So in this context, it would mean... Um, uh, you um, you would take your overall nest egg and break it into the parts that you need to spend in the first five years, the next five years, and thereafter, essentially. And 
uh, it does have big implications for asset allocation because the stuff you're going to spend in the near future, your main emphasis is capital preservation and liquidity, whereas the stuff you're not going to need for a decade or longer, you can uh, you want to emphasize inflation, hedging, and therefore more more growth. So, Dr. Phil Romero, professor of finance at the University of Oregon, and uh, and I love your understanding of segmentation. I think it, it's otherwise known as a bucket strategy, which we're going to d- dig into a little bit right. later. Um, you, you made a comment in your book about stocks and bonds are likely to disappoint because of the population. I know that's more uh, harder to 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 talk about, but I'd like you to dig into that a little bit for Yeah, me. sure. No, the, the, there was only a short chapter in, in the book we're talking about today, but I wrote a whole book about that about five years ago. Um, the How many books have you written? Sorry? How many books have you written? I think, well, eight, and then I've had chapters in a few others. I mean, cool. basically, and to be personal for a second, um, I'm probably not unique on my authors. You know, essentially, you know, I, I identify a personal issue or, or, or challenge, and I dig into it. I learn about it, and then I say to myself, gee, would other people want to know about this, too? And that's how the book comes. Um, <clears throat> So, uh, sir, I've lost track of the question. So, you, you said in your book that stocks and bonds are likely to disappoint ah, as, as we go yeah, to population. Th- thank you, thank you. Yeah, sure. Um, uh, you know, economists have a terrible record of predicting the economy, but demographers have a really good record of pr- predicting the population because if you want to know how many workers we're going to have a, a generation from now, look at the number of births today. Essentially, mm-hmm. uh, um, and the whole developed world and much of the developing world, as it has gotten more prosperous, birth rates are dropping significantly. They're below replacement rates, i.e., uh, i.e., population will fall. Certainly in Japan, uh, uh, also in much of Western Europe, uh, and but for immigration, would be so in the U.S. as well. Well, what that means is slower economic growth and. Slower economic growth means companies have fewer customers, and therefore earnings are going to rise less quickly. Um, with bonds, it's a, it's a simpler situation. It's simply that you know we've had a 35-year period from uh, 82 until the last uh, a year or two ago uh, of declining um, uh, interest rates, which prop bonds up. And now, of course, the Fed is raising rates, uh, and uh, so the, the we hit the trough in December of interest rates in December 2015. So bond rates are going to rise, and that's going to that, that's going to lower bond returns too. So um, the per, the point of the chapter in it the, it's in the it's in the in it's the income stupid about this is that um, I think most financial advisors who use historical rates of return for predicting various uh, for forecasting various asset classes returns like bonds and stocks I think they're overly aggressive I you know I I can believe that actual returns long term returns will be half of what the projections uh, suggest. Wow, but. Uh, very much like you, uh, we believe that uh, the numbers of people will greatly influence, you know, even the stock market. Who's buying houses? Who's going to sp- to supply the houses? And as the populations go up, more stuff is uh, purchased. And as populations go down, well, it, it has the opposite effect. And, and Absolutely I, right, Charlie. And I'm, I'm with you on Japan and Europe. They're not even uh, at replacement birth rates. But the U.S., do you see it going down immediately as well? or um, Where are we at? Where's yeah. the U.S. Well, I mean, at? Well, broad, broadly speaking, um, uh, native population is just about at per replacement rate. Mm-hmm. Uh, the population is still growing entirely because because of immigration. Um, uh, 
uh, I've done a lot of work as an economist in the economics of immigration, and you basically have two kinds of immigrants, those with skills who absolutely help the economy and those without skills who, who do not help the economy. Mm-hmm. And that niche of immigrants uh, you know, has changed over time, um, you, much of it being influenced by politics, of course, and, that, you know, and that's been a cause for love for our current president. Uh, so I, uh, it, it's more of a political forecast than anything else. Um, part, a good part of my book argues that that we would really be committing demographic suicide if we significantly curtailed immigration. But that doesn't mean I'll be, that the people listen to me and it won't happen. <laughs> Phil Romero, professor of finance at the University of Oregon. We're talking about his book, It's the Income to Stupid. We're, we're currently discussing population and how that's going to affect the stock market and whether or not you should buy stocks or bonds. We're going to flip to a break really quick. And when we come back, we're going to talk about his opinion on if he thinks the over uh, the stock market is overvalued or undervalued. This is Paul Durso here with my co-host, Charlie. The show is Simply Financial with Paul Durso, where we're all about taking your first steps to financial clarity. This is 1025-610 WFNZ. Hey, this is Charlie, and we'll get back to the show in just a minute. But if you're worried about where you'll get the income for your dream retirement, just call us for our free retirement rescue toolkit. The first 10 callers will get two books and tons of other material you wouldn't expect to get from a financial advisor absolutely free. Knowledge is power, right? So here's a ton of knowledge for you, and it's free. Give us a call at Insight Folios at 855-999-7526. Get your free retirement rescue toolkit Today, that's 855-999-7526. 1025610WFNZ, you're listening to Simply Financial with Paul Durso, where we're all about taking your first step to financial clarity. I'm your host, Paul, here with my co-host, Charlie. And we are talking to Dr. Phil Romero. We posed the question, do you think stocks have been overvalued or undervalued? Is now the time to get in the stock market or out of the stock market? What do you think, Phil? Oh, boy. Uh, Harry Truman used to say he liked one-armed economists because they couldn't say, on the other hand, I'm going to give you an answer <laughs> like that. Uh, by most historical measures, the market is overvalued. Um, however... The most historical measures did not have a Fed that was levitating the market with, with low interest rates. My personal belief is that the stock market is mildly overvalued, and I have myself been cutting back on my equity exposure, although not nearly as fast as I should be. But having said that, I have to, I have to say that I've been feeling that way for three years, and I've been wrong for three years. Do you, uh, when you say historical values, are you looking at price-to-earnings ratios or something yeah, like that? Yeah, um, various things. Price-to-earnings ratios, what's called the cyclically adjusted price-to-earnings ratio, or CAPE, which is which is where you measure earnings over 10 years. Uh, so you, you try to take out economic fluctuations. Uh, the, frac- the, the stock market valuation relative to the, the size of the economy, that's, you know, the uh, market equity, the GDP, probably other things I'm forgetting about. And, mm-hmm. and most of them show us as, as, you know, they were basically at or near the kind of levels we were in 1999-2000, just before the dot-com crash. Now, we've talked before, and I know that you're a, a pretty big fan of dividend-producing stocks and different right. types of stocks that pay income. So, and it's interesting that you're saying that you're going to you're going to get out because when you get out, you well, don't get paid dividends. Well, to be clear, I will not get out. I'm just I've been slowly trimming. I mean, I'll uh, I'll bring my equity exposure down 
from the high end of what I think is reasonable to the low end of what I think is reasonable. You know, if I have the discipline to do it, I'm definitely not getting out. I, I, I don't believe anybody can time markets enough to just go right. completely in or completely out. Well, well, Dr. Romero, do you use the uh, the envelope system for yourself in uh, the way you look at the, the getting yes. in and out? Uh, um, yes, yes, I do. The uh, My co-author, Rian Nell, was my financial advisor. I say was because sadly he died at age 46. Oh, but uh, he's the one who, who yeah, we work together to basically develop our portfolio just that way. Mm. So I want to come back to stocks if we could, because I think this is something that a lot of people can really grab onto, because just like you said, you don't believe that you can time the market. I am the exact same way. I I don't play the odds. I don't play Vegas, and I don't time the market. I am not about to try to get in get out for my clients. I liken a lot of what I see in Wall Street to a job. You know, as long as you work, if you're in a job, as long as you teach at the Oregon of, at the University of Oregon, you get paid, hopefully, <laughs> and you're not worried about getting that paycheck. And stock dividends are the exact same way. As long as you right. hold them, and if you've picked good caliber, blue chip, big companies that have a long-standing history of paying a dividend, you don't have to worry about getting paid. What do you think about that? Oh, I strongly agree. I mean, uh, uh, if you look at the total return for the stock market over a long period of time, more than half has come from dividends. Uh, dividend yields are unusually low right now, but that doesn't mean there aren't still stocks that can pay 3 or 4%, which gets pretty close to the amount, the, the kind of withdrawal rates that we believe are prudent. Um, furthermore, in general, as you can attest, Paul, I'm sure, um, when you have a market uh, correction, typically dividend stocks do not fall quite as far as the the broad market. So if you're concerned about volatility, again, dividend stocks, they, don't, they certainly don't mean that you won't lose money, but you'll lose less money than if you own the broad market. You know, Dr. Phil Romero, professor of finance at the University of Oregon and author of It's the Income Stupid, you just said something that is so intriguing to me, and I want to make sure we're very clear to everybody out there um, that half of the return of the S&P has come from where? I think it's, it, more than half has come from dividends. So, if you take the total return on the market, I don't quote these numbers exactly, but it's been about 9 or 10% uh, long-term, and I think about 4 to 5 has been dividends, and the, you know, and the rest has been capital gains. And this ties so into your title of your book, It's the Income Stupid, which in a few minutes I want to talk about where that title came from. But before we do... I really want to focus in on this because if you listen out there and and you hear a lot of this white noise, most of what you hear is growth, growth. I want to buy a stock low and I want to sell it high. I want to earn as much potential um, growth in the companies or funds that I'm buying. And yet what you're saying is half of the total return is coming from income, coming from dividends, those boring, I could rather watch paint dry stocks, right? Well, I mean, yes, and um, dividend investing isn't only for widows and orphans because, of course, you know, if you're, say, 30 or 35 and you buy a dividend-paying stock, you can just have the dividends be reinvested, and that will turbo, turbocharge the rate of your, your growth, and that's where the numbers I mentioned a moment ago come from. But um, by the time you um, retire, um, if you choose to do so, you, can, you, know, you, you either can live off the dividends or have those dividends cover a significant uh, fraction of your expenses, uh, and thereby you will feel a lot, um, a lot more nonchalant when there's a market correction. 
So like Dr. Phil Romero, our office, we're, we're really big about income and planning. And right now we want to offer you the opportunity to get what's called a Retirement Rescue Toolkit. Now inside of this toolkit, there are two books. Um, and actually for today, I'm going to add three, which I'll talk to you about in a second. The two books that we typically have in this toolkit are by Charlie and myself. Um, I've written a book called Rethink, Replan, Retire. And Charlie's has his book that's inside this kit. There's a bunch of other things that you wouldn't necessarily expect from a financial advisor. These books are super easy to consume. Big text, simple thought, no financial jargon. You can sit down in one evening and consume both of them and understand exactly what's in those books. And that's important because you're going to learn a lot more about us. You're going to learn a lot more about what... Dr. Phil Romero is talking about in the fact that income for future, it's 50% of the total return of the stock market. It's so important to be able to walk away from your job and have replacement income prepared for you. And you're going to learn a lot about this. All you got to do to get this kit is text the word KIT, K-I-T, to the number 33222. Again, if you text the word KIT, K-I-T, to 33222, in a few short days, you're going to have this kit mailed to your front door with a, a few books. And I'm going to add in, if you don't mind, uh, Phil, I'm going to put your book inside this kit. I'm, I'll pay for it inside this kit. We're going to give it away absolutely free for the first 10 callers. If you call in and text the word, sorry, if you text the word KIT to 33222, we're going to give you this kit absolutely free and include just this show only if you're the one of the first 10, uh, Dr. Phil Romero's book, It's the Income Stupid. So one of the things I want to talk about is where that name came from. Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, it's a play on, you, you, you guys may not be able to remember this, but in 1992, George Bush, <laughs> Jim Carville was oh. Bill Clinton's uh, political um, mm-hmm. consultant, and he built a war room, and he had a big banner laid out there that said, it's the economy, stupid. His point being, don't get distracted by other things. Hammer on the then incumbent president, George Bush, about the economy. Uh, so our, 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 we, we, we borrowed that. We, we cheerfully stole it because <laughs> the, the, the argument, as you said in the introduction, is you spent 30, 40 years diligently accumulating and investing for growth. But as you prepare to retire, you know, it's not the size of your nest egg that matters anymore. It's how much income it generates. Now, that is an incredibly great thought. Now, most people out there think that they've got to have some dollar amount in their mind. And there's this million dollars. It's now slowly turning into two million dollars that they have to have saved away because they're going to use that money to make sure they last comfortably in retirement. What do you mean by it's not about the dollar amount, it's about the income. Elaborate on that. Well, uh, um, yeah, put very simply, um, you can, you know, if you have, say, $2 million in uh, $2 million portfolio, <clears throat> um, but it's all in, in growth stocks uh, that pay no dividend, uh, then you're going you're gonna to have to sell a large piece of it, you know, 3 4 5% every year uh, to meet your income requirements. Great when the, it's a bull market and your portfolio is growing. Not so hot when the bull, we, uh, when it's a bear market and things are falling. So we, we definitely believe that that as you approach retirement, you should be segmenting your portfolio or putting it in, in several different envelopes, as we mentioned before, where the near-term your near-term spending comes out of liquid, low-risk things, and you you only keep the the higher-risk uh, equities in uh, in the in the um, Envelope you will not need for ten years or longer. 
I, I've got a question for you. We talked about this the other day, and you alluded to it now about the amount you can safely draw down. Uh, you know, it used to be 8% or 5%, and, and I think the other day we talked about 3% or even less. Yeah, Charlie, I, um, I mean, the, the, the best work on this has been done by a, a Southern California financial planner named Bill Bengen. And uh, he essentially looked at a large range of like almost 100 years of, of, of market returns and asked the question, what's the maximum you could take out of your portfolio to make sure it lasts for 30 years? Um, and he found that was about 4%. And, and we, we talk about the 4% rule extensively in, in the book. Um, I, I respect that work a lot, and I, I don't have any, any quarrel with it at all, but it's based on historical returns. And as we were saying earlier, I believe returns in the future are going to be lower. And I also believe that inflation is going to be higher. And something I haven't mentioned is that, is that the things that seniors buy tend to inflate faster, like health care, mm-hmm. tend to inflate faster than the, than the broad consumer price index. And so for all those reasons, I think that a, uh, a prudent uh, withdrawal rate is more like two and a half or three percent, not four percent. Now that's that's uh, you know a rough guess. It's not based on the kind of careful work Bing did, but but uh, I'm for my own purposes, you know, I'm assuming I need to have forty times my annual income, which would be a two two and a half percent uh, withdrawal rate, not twenty five times, which would be a four percent withdrawal withdrawal rate. Yeah, that's uh, something for folks to think about, isn't it? Yeah. Now, it's a, it's a it's a challenging goal, but I believe I believe that you know, we, we have <clears throat> we have been in um, you know in the best of times investment wise for the last uh, generation or so, and I just I believe for all the reasons we talked about earlier, the future is not going to be is not going to be as uh, benign, mm-hmm. and therefore w- lower withdrawal rates are going to be prudent. Dr. Phil Romero, professor of finance, University of Oregon, speaking about it's the income stupid. When we come back, we're going to talk about why you need to segregate your portfolio. This is Paul Durso. The show is Simply Financial, and this is 102.5610 WFNZ. Five six ten WFNZ. You're listening to Simply Financial with Paul Durso, where we're all about taking your first step to financial clarity. I'm your host, Paul, here with my co-host, Charlie. Hello. And we are talking to our distinguished guest, Phil Romero, professor of finance, University of Oregon, and author of It's the Income Stupid. Just before we went to break, we were talking about why you need to segment your portfolio into some of these different buckets. Can, can we elaborate a little bit more about that, Phil? Yeah, sure. I mean, so as I was saying earlier, um, typically a diligent saver puts most of their money in things like like index stock funds, which have, which have good growth, and they want to accumulate as much as possible. Um, perfectly um, defensible accumulation strategy, but a lousy decumulation strategy mm-hmm. because once you stop working, you're now entirely reliant on your nest egg uh, for um, uh, for for income. And if the you know, if the market crashes, then you you can't, probably cannot adjust your spending downward nearly as fast. So what the envelope strategy does, which is what what the main focus of the book is, it takes the notion that it, probably most people have have mentally earmarked accounts. So I, I'll have a vacation fund and I'll have a uh, kids' college fund and things like that. It's like think about it like you're putting cash in envelopes. Well, it's the same idea. Um, you have at least two envelopes, one for the first five years of, of spending, 
uh, and that's in things like money market accounts and CDs. Uh, and then another for be ten years and beyond, and that's that's in things like uh, like uh, you know, dividend stocks and non-dividend stocks and a few other assets as well. Uh, the notion, therefore, is you know if the market crashes, you don't need to touch that second that second envelope for five years. That's a reasonable amount of time for values to come back. If that's not good enough for you, we also argue for a middle envelope between envelopes one and three, and that's the the, the second five years, years five to ten, and the into that goes things like dividend stocks and uh, uh, real estate investment trusts and uh, annuities. The notion there is that if you know the first 10 years of your spending are all taken care of, you will not panic in a market downturn and sell the bottom. Yeah. So Dr. Phil Romero, author of It's the Income Stupid, I think we have time for one more question. I want you to tell me why you think the market's future potential direction is going to be different from the past because the past has been pretty awesome markets almost gone yeah. straight up yeah, couple, about 10 percent for the s&p yeah a so. couple couple yeah. dips but pretty much straight up so why why is it going to be different yeah well uh, and this goes back to uh the work i did in the mid 2000s um essentially um it's all been inflated by debt and here I'm talking not just about personal debt and corporate debt, but also government debt. Um, and yeah, I've, I've looked intensively at, at government finances in you know in various when I've worn various hats. And the fact of the matter is, you know, we have 21 trillion dollars in uh, in debt already. We're uh, our debt levels are, are higher than our GDP, and that, and usually if you get above about 90 percent of GDP, you start to see issues. Uh, and so uh, my personal belief is that in the next couple of decades, you're going to see tax taxes rise significantly. That's going to mean both lower returns for corporations and, obvi- and, you know, and obviously uh, uh, lower personal returns to the investors in those corporations. Likewise, as we were mentioning earlier, um, interest rates have been you know, trending down for 35 years. They, you know, they hit their bottom in the, uh, earlier this decade, and then now they're starting to creep up. So I think both stock and bond returns, I, this is, I'm not hanging crepe. I'm not saying in any way you shouldn't invest in either of them. Good. But I, I definitely think people should temper their enthusiasm and assume a significantly lower rate of return for those assets um, in the next couple of decades as opposed to the, the previous couple of decades. Just well, try to modify your expectations on what, what might be out there, huh? I think, I, think, I, you know, I think cut them substantially, and that's why, as I was saying earlier, when I see financial plans produced by planners, they still assume you know, 8 or 10% equity returns. Uh, I mean, that's not dishonest. It's, you know, it, it is, as you said, that is history. I just don't believe history is going to repeat itself over a long period of time over the next couple of decades. Well, Phil, I can't thank you enough. This has been very interesting and enlightening. Uh, your thoughts and unbelievable amount of knowledge that you have in all these different areas has been great. And hopefully you learned a lot out there if you've listened in today to the interview with Dr. Phil, professor of finance at University of Oregon. Why don't you tell everybody out there, no matter where you are, how you can get a copy of many of your books, actually. Oh, thanks. Appreciate the plug. Uh, They're available on Amazon or from the publishers. This particular book that we're talking about, It's the Income Stupid, is from Post Hill Press, but it's available on Amazon, and and they actually priced it quite reasonably, I thought. Well, that's great. Again, Dr. Phil Romero, author of It's the Income Stupid. If you want to go find that, go to Amazon.com, look up Phil Romero or the words, It's the Income Stupid. Again, thank you so much. You have a great day, and I'm sure we'll have you back on the show. Real pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much. Paul and Charlie. Take care. Bye. 
All right, Charlie, give me your thoughts. What do you think? I think he's a pretty sharp fella. I mean, all the things he's done, all the, the government agencies that uh, he's uh, he's worked with, he's consulted for. He, he's done quite a bit. And some of the most interesting aspects of what we just talked about, again, if you, you're just listening in, we just got off the phone with Dr. Phil Romero. He's a professor of finance at the University of Oregon. He was the author of It's the Income Stupid. Some of the information that he was telling us, he's written eight books. And uh, one of the best bits of nuggets of information he said was that half of the total return of the stock market has come from dividends. I latched right onto that. I, I know that. I teach that. We're big fans of income-producing investments in our office. If you take income out of the market, Charlie, what, what do you get? You've got a paycheck if you grab that income coming out of the market. Oh, but you're talking about uh, where does the total uh, rate of happens? return so, go? So yeah. you just said the total return of the market is what, 10%? 10%. So the, so the market over its lifetime has averaged north of 10%. We're talking the S&P here. And if you take the dividend out of the stocks that make up the S&P, it gets cut by more than a half. It's really amazing. You don't think about that at all. All, all we think about is growth. I want to buy a stock for 10 bucks. I want to sell it for 100 or 1000 or some right. crazy more money. And yet nobody's talking about dividend and it represents more than 50%. Income's just not sexy. It's that double and triple that value of your your purchase. Yet every single person needs income. How in the world can you live without income? Who out there? You tell me. You call in. You tell me how you don't need income, yet everybody's talking about growth. Why are we so distracted? Why are we looking at growth? That's what we've been taught. That's what our financial world teaches us. Hey, it's about growth. I can help you make more. I can pick the stocks or or the investments that's going to make more for you. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to give you the opportunity to get a retirement rescue toolkit. In this kit, just for today's show only, we're going to add an extra book. Normally, you get two books, one written by the Fabe, the, the incredibly intelligent Charlie Bowers, another one by me. Both of these books can be consumed in one sitting. I'll tell you this. One of the things that we're going to get into in a minute is, is our planning system that we use in our office. It is very effective, incredibly simple. It will teach you exactly what you need to accomplish. My book, Rethink, Replan, Retire, is going to get into a whole lot of detail on how to set up a, a plan. You don't have to sit down with us to do this. It'll teach you right in the book. If you want to, we'd love to. This kit, the Retirement Rescue Toolkit, is comprised of these two books. Just today only, we're going to add in It's the Income Stupid. If you are the fir- or one of the first 10 callers, the, um, we're going to give you this kit in there, there's the three books and a few other things that you probably wouldn't expect to get from a financial off, uh, financial advisor. You're also going to learn a little bit more about our firm, where we stand, what we resent, what we're all about. And you know what? That's taking your first step to financial clarity. Just pick up your phone, text the word KIT, K-I-T, super simple. Text the word KIT to 33222. And in just a few short days, you'll have a box show up in your front door absolutely free if you're the first 10 callers. And we're going to have the, the three books, and it's going to be your first step to financial clarity. 
Well, Paul, let's go ahead and talk a little bit about the simplicity planning process because it, it's it comes from a different perspective than most of the financial world teaches. You know, I like to say it kind of reframes the question of risk. You know, it's, it's not how much risk can you tolerate, but how much risk do you need to be taking to get you where you need to be. And and the great thing about simplicity, and it's in the name, it is a clear and understandable plan. And I'm telling you, most folks out there don't even have a plan and they don't understand what a, what a financial plan is. Well, that's the that's the sad thing, actually. You're sitting out there right now. I bet you're in your car, on your back porch, wherever you're listening to this right now, and you're thinking, I know exactly what a plan is. Um, I've got a, a 401k and IRA. I've got all kinds of money invested. Uh, I, you don't need to talk to me about plan. I know exactly what it is. Well, let me tell you, if you're thinking that right now, you're, you're probably dead wrong. Most people have no idea that they have that they even understand what a plan is, even though they think they do. We have sat down with hundreds of, of um, people coming into our office. They sit down. We say, do you have a financial plan? And they say, yeah, absolutely we do. Yep. And uh, we go through our process, and and we show them a simplicity plan. We, we ask them tons of questions. We get into it. And you know what they say? This is this is what it is. This is way yeah. easier to understand than I thought. It, it doesn't really talk about products. It talks about me. A financial plan is more about you, where you are, where you want to go, than it is about anything in regards to what you have. And a good financial plan, good system will help you pick the investments that's going to get you there. It's going to be what is the tool that helps you pick those uh, those needed investments to, to, to help you live a successful retirement, successful life. And we talk about success as having confidence that you're not going to run out of money. And yeah, that's very interesting because, you know, one of the big questions that we're going to answer right in a, in a minute is how do you know that the advice you get is in your best interest? There's so much this, that talk these days about a fiduciary and how do I know I'm getting advice that's in my best interest as opposed mm-hmm. to the advisor's best interest? Well, the simplicity plan is going to tackle that head on. It's going to tell you exactly what you need to know and, and understand if the advice that you're getting from your financial advisor is in your best interest. So when we get back from the, the break, we're going to answer that. Are you getting financial advice that's in a fiduciary standard that's in your best interest? This is Paul Durso. We're here with my co-host, Charlie Bowers. The show is Simply Financial with Paul Durso, where we're all about taking your first step to financial clarity. And this is 102.5-610 WFNZ. What three things will you need for the retirement of your dreams? Well, first, there's income. Second, income. And third, you guessed it, income. But how are you going to get it? Will it be enough? Want to know for sure? We'll create an income plan specific to you using our proprietary Simplicity software. Creating this plan is a $1,500 value. For the first 10 of our listeners, we're going to give away this plan absolutely free. Only 10 free plans. So call now, 855-999-PLAN. That's 855-999-7526. Get on the list now for your free Simplicity plan. Call 855-999-PLAN. That's 855-999-7526. 1025-610-WFNZ. You're listening to Simply Financial with Paul Durso. We're all about you taking your first step to financial clarity. I'm your host, Paul. 
here with my co-host, Charlie. Hello. And just before the break, we were talking about how you can understand that the advice you're getting is from a fiduciary standard. That's a big topic today. Uh, most people have no idea if the advice that they're getting is in their best interest or in the best interest of a financial advisor. And that's probably why a lot of financial advisors, we're not the most trusted profession out there. It's because people have had some bad experiences. We? What do you mean we? The industry is not the most trusted. I'm trying to just be all-inclusive, Paul. <laughs> but you understand that. And, and people have been given recommendations or they purchase products that really haven't worked out for them. So naturally you think, well, how do I know that you're, you're recommending this because it's in my best interest or is it in your best interest? And that's where the plan comes in handy. Yeah, it really does. And, you know, just the other day, uh, I think it was... Tuesday, a couple days ago, I was um, on my way to take my son to soccer tryouts uh, for Charlotte United. And uh, we're, we're on our way there. My son is super nervous. He's uh, trying out for U13. And uh, he normally doesn't get that nervous. And uh, just before I could tell, my wife, I'm away home. She, she calls me and she's like, Evan's really nervous. So make sure when you get home, you know, to be really encouraging and uplifting. And we're on our way to the practice. And I was or actually before that, I was out front and we're kicking a soccer ball around, giving him some pointers. And we're on our way there. And I was so concerned with making sure he has everything. And we went too close. We had to jump in the car and run and we're right before we're turning in and I looked at Evan and that's my son and I'm like do you have your phone and he's like no dad and I was like I, I don't have my phone and uh, I had this momentary lapse where I was like oh my word I'm I'm not connected I'm I, don't, I, don't, I don't even I don't have my phone and I was nervous I don't I knew exactly where I was but at the end for that exact moment I didn't feel connected I didn't know how I could get a hold of somebody, my wife wanted to get a hold of me, I, I really panicked. And I looked in the mirror and I, and I thought for a second, that's how most people walk into our office. You know, they walk in, they don't feel connected to their retirement. They don't feel like they know where they're at. They don't feel they have a good understanding of how to go anywhere. They have no information. All they have is stuff. I had my son. We had all his soccer gear. I had the car. We had all the right things, but I had no way to connect to anything. And that's how exactly how most people walk into our office. And this is where we go through the planning process of simplicity. And this is where we start connecting them with their future. That's right. And then when we start doing that, what what, what happens? happens is we start plugging in all of these different investments because we have this thing that's called a base plan. This base plan in 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 our simplicity system shows somebody what the, what has to take place for success to be fulfilled in their future. It doesn't focus on product, it doesn't focus on income, it doesn't focus or it doesn't focus on income producing anything, annuities, life insurance, stocks, market. It doesn't focus on it. It just takes dollars. You put it into the system and it's going to spit back out some really interesting information. The first thing that I want to teach you about today is what's called a retirement rate. And this rate is one of the three most important inf bits of information you will learn from Simplicity. And, and Charlie, why don't you tell them about your Aunt Norma? I'll do it. You know, like Paul said, there's three different personas, if you will, that, that uh, 
you, you gain information from from these simplicity reports. And I mentioned earlier that we're trying to change the risk question from um, how much risk can you tolerate to how much risk you need to be taking. And one of the ways that this report shares that is what we call a retirement rate. Retirement rate is the minimum rate of return you have to average for the rest of your life to make your retirement plan work. So it's, it's not a goal, but it is um, a need to, a have to. You have to earn this much uh, every year on average to make it. And the first retirement rate, we call it, is we try to run you out of money. So we want you to bounce that last check. And some people that come into our office are that person. They want to spend everything they have. They're not worried about giving anything to anybody. And my wife's Aunt Norma is this persona. Uh, we were talking to Norma one day, and I don't know how money came up, but she has uh, two sons, and she told me, Charlie, if there's anything left when I'm gone, I overlooked it. So good for you, Aunt Norma, and I understand that, that you and Uncle George want to live a, a great life and not so worried about Richard and Russell, and I hope they're not listening to this. They might not know your feeling, Aunt Norma, <laughs> but... Uh, uh, but that's but that's retirement rate. The retirement, retirement rate is just rate. how to get you through to retirement, how to make sure that your money will last. The biggest concern in America today when it comes to retirement is making sure your money lasts longer than you do. You never want to be in a situation where you're so concerned about running out of money, you'll never enjoy retirement. This re, this Aunt Norma rate, this thing that we've created called retirement rate, which Charlie just so wonderfully mm. explained through his Aunt Norma, is going to show you exactly what has to happen for you to find success. The second one is, is really my Uncle Frank. You know, we're, we're going to call it the preservation rate, but it but it has a lot to do with my uncle and, 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 and how he set up his retirement. He worked for Johnson Controls his whole career. He retired with a nice pension. He's got a nice little nest egg tucked away. But because he was so responsible with setting up income for his future, he's not ever going to touch his principal. He's going to live off of the pension, Social Security that he has. If he wants to take a trip or two, he might take some money out of his bank. But his principal is tucked away. He's never going to spend it. That's, that's my Uncle Frank rate of return. It's the how do I live off the interest and not touch the principal? Because that's one of the, I would say, the of all the people that come in to our office, that's probably, that's probably the, the most. largest share. Yeah, they, they want to know, how do I just live off my interest? Well, this simplicity plan is, is going to tell you just that. It's going gonna, it's gonna to tell you the Aunt Norma story where you're going to know, you know how to spend every dime. I don't think you will, but it'll show you what's the rate of return you have to, to make in order to just spend through all your money. If you want to save your principal, we're going to tell you exactly what the rate of return you have to make to save your principal. The last one is kind of the story of, of Smokey, who, who really developed the Ballantine area. Our office is in Ballantine. I love the Ballantine area. And uh, Smokey bought all of those acres. How many acres? Is, God, I don't, 500 and something. A, a lot. A huge number of acres that Ballantine sits on now. And he, and he spent way, way, way back in the day, about $20,000 or so an acre. It was millions of dollars. And if you don't know this, he sold all of that and everything he developed just this last year. I was I was a part of that transaction because our office is right there uh, for $1.2 billion. 
So he turned his little bit of money that he was generating a, a tremendous amount of revenue off of. Not only was he making income for the entire time he was developing that entire property, but he sold it for a huge profit. And, and we call this your legacy rate. You want your name up in lights. You want to take what you have today and you want to grow it so large that when you give it away, you can put your name up on a stadium. You want your name on all these buildings yeah. like Mr. Bissell Mr. had. He's got a big old B everywhere <laughs> on those on, on every single building in, in Ballantyne. And he, he knew exactly what he wanted to do and he went out and did it. Well, the Simplicity Plan would do the exact same thing for you where we can tell you exactly where you are. If you want to grow that asset base to time, 10 times, 100 times, and you want to save 10 million, 50 million, 100 million, I can tell you exactly through this software exactly what you need to do to get you there so you can put your name in lights somewhere in the future. Now, we understand that that just hearing these descriptions on the radio, you, you probably don't have a great, clear understanding of everything that uh, we've been talking about. So if you get Paul's book, Rethink, Replan, Retire, on page 103, the descriptions of these three retirement rates, preservation rate, legacy rate, uh, is described, and, and you'll get a more clear picture. And hopefully... Uh, Paul, we'll get some people to grab those books and yeah. even get them to come into the office and get a real close So here's, here's the thing. We're going to give you two, two ways to get a hold of us. The first way is you can get our Retirement Rescue Toolkit. Two books in it. This show, we're going to give away three books. If you haven't heard earlier, uh, we had Dr. Phil Romero, professor of finance in the University of Oregon. And... Um, we went over his book, It's the Income Stupid, and what, we're, what he, we talked about was everything that we're discussing now and more regards to income. We're going to put his book into this kit along with Charlie and I's book. They're super easy to read. You can sit down. That might take you two nights with his book. And uh, you can consume it, understand it. There's a bunch of other stuff in that kit. And uh, all you got to do is text the word KIT, K-I-T, to 33222. Now, if you want to go a little bit further, uh, further and sit down with us. Pick up the phone right now. Call 855-999-7526. That's 855-999 and plug in the word plan. 7526 into your phone. You're going to speak to the wonderful and talented Janet uh, in our office. You're going to feel like you're talking to your best friend. She's the nicest lady you'll ever speak to on the phone. And she's going to set an appointment for you. If you're not ready for that appointment just yet, pick up your your phone and text the word KIT, K-I-T to 33222. What's going to happen there is you're going to put your name and address and uh, information, and we're going to send you free of charge if you're the first or uh, one of the first 10 callers today. Now, we got to wrap up this show. Let me tell you about next week. We're going to have a very special guest on the show. His name is David McKnight, and he's written a book called The Power of Zero. His his big mission in life is to make sure that you do not spend any more in taxes and if there's a way then you have to and if there's a way to drop your your tax rate to zero that's where the power of zero comes from he wants to help you do that he wants to educate you and teach you he has a very small book it's probably about 70 pages long you can read it in about an hour it's a fast read he's a very interesting gentleman uh, we're going to have him on the show next week, next Saturday. I can't wait to interview him. I want to thank all of the folks here at WFNZ. It's been a pleasure. Steve, I can't thank you enough for what you do. And uh, and, and Phil Romero, you, you've been great on the show today and everything that we went over. This is Paul Durso. The show that you're listening to is Simply Financial here with the Dr. Charlie Bowers, where we're all about taking your first step to financial clarity. This is 1025610 WFNZ. 
mama told me 